You now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world, the Stay Woke Podcast, right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. First, welcome back to another Stay Woke Podcast. Uh, this is D. Ray Brinson, and we have a special guest today. We have Mr. Transman from uh, Vibrations Podcast. If you haven't listened to their podcast, you should go definitely check them out now. They're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Some people refer as the Purple app, um, <laughs> as well as SoundCloud and YouTube. So go definitely check them out. Uh, welcome, man. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, dear. Let me shake your hand there <laughs> for real this time. And here we go. So the people from Vibrations listening, I just want to say hello to all. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Stay Woke podcast today, episode special with Dira. And today we're going to be talking about the Logic documentary from the documentary Rapture today. Yep. And uh, just for you guys out there to know, um, we're going to be doing a series for all of the eight episodes for the people watching on Instagram Live, you can see uh, some of it in the background. This uh, documentary was produced by Nas, the acclaimed legend rapper out there. If you don't know, then uh, you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but um, basically, the whole concept of this documentary is basically breaking down hip-hop and diving deeper and getting to know the artists behind the music that you love and listen to. To really get the... Because hip-hop isn't just about music. It's, it's a movement. Um, as as the phrase goes, hip is for intelligent and hop is for the movement. You have to have both of those to have hip hop. And so, right, right. Let's break down this first episode. Uh, and the first episode was featuring Logic. And before we get into the the actual episode of Rapture, let's just talk about a little bit of like how familiar we're with Logic prior. Um, yeah, I think I think that's a great topic. Logic to me. Um, I never heard of him before a couple of years ago. Uh, I accidentally stumbled upon his music from a friend of mine saying, "Hey, have you ever heard of Logic?" And I was like, "No." Then uh, they showed me one of his, his everybody song, as a matter of fact. Mm. As we all know, that's very popular, and you know it's based on the album too. Yeah, um, which came out last year, 2017, I believe, in January, maybe February. Yeah, it sounds about right. It was like a little bit after the release date. Yeah. Um, beforehand, I didn't really know who he was. I just liked the name. I thought it was pretty creative. Um, then once the once again once I heard the everybody song, I was hooked on it. And I read the message behind it mm. because I, his belief in that is the same thing as me. Mm. Where everybody bleeds, everybody people, everybody need love. Mm. I agree with everything, especially because, you know, I run a spiritual podcast. Mm-hmm. I am spiritual, so I do believe we're supposed to give unconditional love to people no matter what. Race, religion, creed, sexual orientation, or color, as what he says. Yeah, that's exactly what he's yeah. saying. For me, I've, I've listened to Logic for a while. I say... I want and a while is relative, but I'll say probably 2015, maybe 2014. Um, my first introduction to Logic was with uh, Under Pressure. Um, mm. After I heard Under Pressure, uh, I think which was his first studio album. Then I I followed him ever since. So I've heard Under Pressure, The Incredible True Story, and of course his latest album, uh, Everybody. And and just going back with that. I want to touch on something that you said about everybody is that's what I talked about in the podcast that I did for the review that we did with everybody. And I believe I did that with Jason Terrell, who just wrote an, um, a great article um, that will be up next week um, about this new artist. So definitely check that out on the sonicbreakdown.com. But we talked about that same concept of, as he explains in the documentary a little bit as well, too, about that everybody's connected, mm-hmm. that interconnection between everybody, that all of it doesn't matter at the end of the day. We're all the same. We're all people. We're all just trying to, we're just living beings trying to make it, man. <laughs> like yeah, at the end exactly. Of the day, we're just living vibration. beings just trying to, trying, to, trying to make it. And 
I think that positivity is important, and I think that is one of the things that helped that gra- that helped me gravitate to his music. He did push that message early, but not as strongly as he did on everybody. For me, what got me with Under Pressure, specifically Under Pressure, was that album's about the struggle of the struggle of trying to make it and and trying to get out of whatever your environment is. In Lodge's case, you know, dealing with uh, abusive parents, um, uh, low-income housing, all that kind of, all that together. And that's what gravitated to me to that is his determination to consistently push, even with all these barriers pushing against him. Um, So that's where my prior logic knowledge comes into play for this. Have you heard his previous two albums, um, Under Pressure or The Incredible True Story? Yeah, I have a couple of his songs. uh, Fade Away is a very popular one. I really like that one. Um, Nikki was one that really spoke to me because that one was, you know, about a message about a girl, a woman. Or and... the nicotine. Is, oh, that's, is oh, a, that's what it is? a double oh, entendre. Okay. For, oh, he's referring to nicotine or cigarettes as a woman, Nikki. Okay, so I didn't know that mm. aspect. I'm, I'm, I'm a person that has to really read the lyrics to mm. understand it because I get I get lost in the beats because yeah. I'm more of a sound person that's why I, I listen to trance a lot because it's less vocals and it's more about music mm. the actual beats itself gotcha. so I didn't really see the um, the correlation there um, but the way he was describing it as if it was a woman mm-hmm. I was relating it to into my personal experience that was the uh, the first song I heard under pressure right I think it's that one or is it the other one no it's not, you're right it's it's under, one? Under okay pressure. for sure but yeah, that one really spoke to me, and um, then I listened to the rest of them. I also have on my um, iPhone. I have. Um, can you give me a little rundown of all the of all the songs on that track? As a matter of fact, on uh, Under Pressure. Yeah. Gang related. Oh yeah, I do have that one. Um, but gang related, I know. Uh, he had that song. Uh, I think it's a bonus track, <laughs> "Driving Miss Daisy" with Childish Gambino. Till the end. Driving Miss Daisy. Or some about some like Miss Daisy, or it's about. Ah, I can't think of the name of it, but yeah, I think it's Driving Miss Daisy. It's um, it reminds me of Drive By Miss Daisy by Compton's Most Wanted, uh, uh, Hood Took Me Under album in '92. Mm, uh, or Straighten It Out in '94. It's one of the two. Yeah. Um. Let me think. Uh, what other? Here we go. Um. Yeah. Gang related. Soul Fool. I'm gone. Growing pains. Growing pains. Oh yeah. That, that's that's the other one. That's the other um, one. Yeah. And Under Pressure. Balance. Buried Alive. Yeah. That's a. That's probably my favorite album of his is Under Pressure. Um, now why is that? Is it because it speaks to you the most? It, yeah, it just speaks to me the most. It's just about that, the the trial and triumph story. Just a lot of, just a lot of the, the concepts of uh, like buried alive, just feeling that, that just that feeling of being, I, I guess the reason for me, the way, the reason why it resonates to me so much is because I kind of put myself all the time in a state of pressure so I don't become complacent. Wow, that's a really good. And so, therefore, that feeling of constantly putting myself under pressure all the time—it just that that album talks about all different ways of pressure and all different facets, and so that kind of relates to me. So, did that that get you going to the things that you want to do? You have to have that that pressure applied. Is I don't feel like it. I have to, but I feel like I feel like in order to get the excellence, the best out of myself, mm-hmm. that's the only way I know how to. It's. I call it the Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and I'm not comparing myself to either of those, so I don't want anybody blowing my shit up. I'm just saying, <laughs> the way that they talk about how they approach the game is that's how they thought about it all the time. There was no days off. Uh, I just heard a story with uh, Matt Barnes talking about, uh, he's told a story about his experience with Kobe Bryant, and he's like, you know, we're in the Olympics, we're in a hotel, everybody's having fun, 
and I see Kobe over there in a corner with writing on a whole bunch of uh, uh, napkins. And he's like, I'm thinking he's writing lyrics because, you know, Kobe did have that hip-hop album. Yeah, that's right. 2000, trash. right? Yeah, trash. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, so he thought he was writing hip-hop albums. There. Yeah, so he went over there to look, and he looked over his shoulder, and he started talking to him about it. And basically, he had all these napkins on the paper, and it had courts on it with little X's and O's. And he's basically, and he was like, I'm looking at, when I'm on the court, I don't look at my defender. I'm looking at where y'all are going to be. And so I'm looking at, I'm drawing out different scenarios of where y'all going to be. So that idea of like, and this is their leisure time. They're supposed to just be just relaxing. And that's, and so like, that's the, that mentality is what I try to put on myself for whatever I'm trying to do. You're trying to emulate that. Emulate that because if you want to be great, you, my understanding is if you want to be great, you have to look at the greats that have done it. And, And you can take every field and take something that they did in their field and apply it to yours. Yeah, and so I, that's what I'm taking from Kobe and Jordan, the same thing. Well, wow, that's awesome. Thanks for breaking that down. Woo! We we dove deep into that. It's a good album, y'all. Y'all should check it out, though. But um, what was your anticipation when you found out that he was going to be on this Rapture? Like, what did you think it was going to cover? And how, how do you think it was going to, like, encompass Logic? Well, first, I actually did not know he was actually going to be featured on that. Okay. I thought it was, I actually, this is my first initial mm. um, idea of what Rapture was going to be. I assume that Nas, I know that he was a producer. I thought he was strictly going to focus on hip-hop in general, gotcha. of all the greats. I Got didn't it. think that every episode will be uh, for a specific artist. Mm-hmm. So once I found out, just a couple days before Rapture got released on March 30th the other day, that I found that Logic had his own segment. And I'm like, oh, it's broken down, and I only know like some of them. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm interested in, in hip-hop. I like the, the, whole, the whole culture and community, so I'm going to check it out. Gotcha. So once I learned that, um, I thought that I figured it was going to, I, it met my expectations, I should say. Okay. I thought it was going to be about his life and it was. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was all the struggles he overcame though. I knew he, you know, he grew up in a, you're from Davisburg, Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing happens over there <laughs> in his, um, in a take it back song. Yeah. So once I found that out, I was, uh, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out for sure. I'm interested in it. Let's see it. Let's see it. And then, yeah. Now, my question to you is, since since you thought that it was going to be more about, like, you know, the greats and, and kind of, like, uh, overall encompassing of hip-hop as a as, in its totality, do, were you disappointed that it was... Because the reason why I'm asking this question is because the way that I took it as, when I found out that it was going to be broken down by artists, is that especially if you look at it, it's going to be Logic, It's Logic, Dave East, uh, Ace Hoodie with the Boogie, Rhapsody, a lot of... Of the, it's the next generation. It's yeah. the next one's up. So I feel like what Nas is basically saying with this is, I'm bridging the gap because I am that legend that was prior to them, and I he always bigged up, you know, Coogee uh, rap, you know, the grace before him, um, and 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 KRS One, and so he he always paid homage to them, and I feel like he's saying, you know, it's my turn to let to open the doors to these newcomers to say. I'm giving them the stamp. It makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So that, because a lot of people of Glenn, they've been saying this for a while that hip hop is dead. You know what I'm saying? that And hip hop is, is steadily dying and we still hear all this uh, trap music and uh, mumble rap. He's kind of saying like, no, y'all, there, there's artists out there that are still have the the legacy that I that I carried on that are still trying to carry on that legacy. He's giving them really good exposure yeah. to really expose them like, hey, this is real 
hip hop here. These are some real talents. You guys want to check these guys out? Just like um, uh, I still love her. D. You should check her out on Instagram. But uh, she had a quote on Twitter saying, "Hip hop isn't dead. You're just not looking at the right artists." Basically, it's like yeah. they're out there. You just got to find them. So. I just think that was important. But did you feel, were you disappointed when you found out that it was more of individual artists versus that it wasn't going to be the totality of hip hop? Good question, man. No, I wasn't disappointed because to me, I'm very easy. I'm very laid back. I just enjoy stuff. Mm. Um, I wasn't disappointed at all. I might be like, oh, okay. I thought it was like this. Mm. Whatever. I'll still watch it. I don't gotcha. give a fuck. Gotcha. So I was I was still happy with it at the, at the end of the day. And I can't wait for the other episodes that we're going to cover. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited about it as well. So let's get into this episode. What were your what were your impression when you first let's say the first half of it of this documentary, the first episode? The first half in a in a just a general overview. Yeah, just a general. How did you feel like the opening was? Do you feel like they presented it right in presenting? You know, letting us know that the direction that they're going to take us in. I think so. It kind of seemed like a traditional documentary. It was mm-hmm. showing about the highlights, like how we probably would hear that particular artist you know so say for example if if um like snoop won a grammy is going to show off the grammy before mm-hmm. his life because we remember those high moments yeah. and then it slowly transitions into the yeah but that's good but don't forget there were some struggles here too mm-hmm. so i really liked how they presented that in the in the beginning how probably most people met logic or heard of him then it goes into kind of just uh he walks in through the double door then he sits <laughs> down on the seat he's like god damn oh you know screwing with the seat and then he goes and you know talks about his life. I mean, I think that scene, that initial scene of him going through the double doors, I think that was important. And the reason why I think that was important is because it really highlights, if you follow Logic on Instagram or Twitter, or like I said, I've listened to him long enough that, and he puts himself out in his music that I feel like you, of course you don't know these people because again, right. you don't know, but the image that he puts out is that same image that they portrayed in that first scene. Like, he's goofy, he's, you know, he's he's crazy, he's funny. Like, that that kind of personality that you saw, I felt really opened up of what encompassed him, of who are the image that, again, he, he gives off to the public. Um, so I thought that was an interesting uh, approach. And I have a feeling we're not going to quite see that same uh, carefree or loving type of introductions moving forward. Just because of the difference in um, oh. um, personalities of the artists, like I don't think we're sense. we're definitely not going to get nothing like that with Davies. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know no. So I think it was interesting and it's important that you're getting these these drastic personality differences, but it's all in hip hop. Like that's what's that's an, it, to me it highlighted another great thing about hip hop. Like hip hop can be anything. Yeah, I, and I can agree, be yeah. for anyone. So I thought that was important in in, in that aspect of it. Yeah, I agree, man. That's. Um... Uh, that's really awesome, brother. Um, as a matter of fact, um, coming up, uh, going back to this, the this, this shows the domestic violence, the drug dealers that was mm-hmm. in his area. Then his mother beat him based off a book that she read. He didn't go too much into it, probably because it would bring up a lot of emotions and he probably didn't want to deal with that on the camera. Um, she, uh, yeah, she definitely beat him. Um, it was uh, definitely too rough for him to answer. I noticed yeah. that in the interview. Was, was, that something, was that something that was new to you for you finding out? Uh, about logic yes i knew that his mother was was not in his life um he did confirm that and reiterate that uh in the episode too and his mom obviously was treated bad as a child to where the it was so bad to the point that she was being sleep deprived and it repeated the same cycle to him at about eight or nine years Mm -hmm. old when i heard that it blew my mind because like what mother obviously would do that to their child like that 
Yes, and obviously we understand from a higher perspective that it was done to her, mm-hmm. so it's gonna most likely you know recycle it mm-hmm. onto her offspring. Mm-hmm. But it was just pretty hard to hear that. For me, for me, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. Um, and it's not sounds, saying you don't care, but you weren't yeah, surprised yeah, that it yeah, happened. Yeah, it's, it's right. not that I don't care, but it, it, and another part of it is because like. My my upbringing, I've seen, I've seen people in situations like that. When he was talking about that, what it did bring him to me is how important family structure is in general, and as well. And then if you break it down to other aspects of, that's how racial biases, those things get branched down from generation to generation because of. The, the same things like that. Like, she experienced that, so she's going to then give that experience to her children. Mm-hmm. If your experience was you lived in a racist family, what do you think you're going to pass on to Obviously, your children? Most likely be if racist, you're in an yeah. abusive family, in his situation, what it, until someone or something happens that will break that cycle. I'm lucky for him that he's in a situation where he's open and willing to talk about it enough that I would assume that if he has kids, that cycle will be broken. But again, you never know. But I just thought that was interesting. But... It also, it also made me think that what they say about art in general is that the greatest art comes from true pain. And who's to say that he wouldn't be where he is if he didn't Without go it. through that? Exactly. So because pain, we need that. We need the struggle, the adversity, mm-hmm. to make us grow. Yeah. Because if everything was soft, what does it do? It creates soft people. Mm-hmm. You do need the hard times to harden you up a bit. So I and do agree with that. What is that point of too much hardening? Versus too 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 much softening, um, but going back to the documentary though, I just thought that that, and I think that they played it well as well because you like you said you can still see that he's still dealing with those emotions. He's still not comfortable with it. He's he's open to talk about it, but being open to talk about it and still being comfortable with something are two separate things. Right. Um, Maybe you can only go so far, and then when you realize like yeah, and, and, I'm comfortable here. This is my line. Yeah, this is my, and that's why I think, like you said, that's why he didn't go more into depth of like what book she she read it from, what other things from that book did she take the take from, and and you know foster on him. And I also thought that that it was interesting, just in the regards that even the people that were shown in Lodge's life, they didn't even show her at all, like as in. Like, because, you know, in some documentaries, they'll go to, like, let's say they make a documentary about this. Me and you have a fight after this and we never talk again. They still go talk to you yeah. <laughs> and still talk to me. Right. And show that in the documentary, but they won't have us in the room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just interesting that they never even had parts of the documentary of them talking to her to just even hear her perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, just to hear her perspective. I thought that was something that... I took notice too, because they did talk to the dad. I was just gonna say that, yeah, they did. Um, and he even mentioned that they were bridging their relationship together as well. Yeah, because his father, you know, smoked a lot of crack, you know, back yeah. then. I mean, th- and that was evident. It like that's and that's another thing. If you listen to Under Pressure, a lot of that has been talked about in Under Pressure. The the abuse of his mother, the the abuse and the the relationship that he has, the contentious relationship that he has with his father. Um, like even there's a even parts on under pressure towards the end where it's his dad saying like um, something that you can say in the documentaries that lot to even say he's like why do you always say talk about my drug use in your songs and he's like well that's my way of venting 
Um, that, yeah. A part of that is actually on Under Pressure of um, his dad leaving a message saying, you know, me and Deborah aren't together. You know, your cousins out here that you don't even know love you. Like, just that. So I feel like Logic has always been very personal. And I think that's what has helped him rise to the level that he's gotten to as well. That whole Rat Pack feels. Because that's why I feel like I'm going to garner more out of the rapture, out of, like, Ace Boogie with the Hoodies uh, episode, or um, even to a certain extent, certain extent, Dave East, is because I feel like I know Logic. So I didn't really, nothing in this piece, I feel like I didn't already know. It just helped me get a little bit more insight to him from his perspective, outside of songs. Okay. What about you? Did you... I mean, because, again, you weren't as familiar with his music, so I, do you feel like you gained a lot more knowledge about Absolutely. who he is as a person? Absolutely. I didn't know about his background in full detail like that. I just know kind of bullet points in his life, mm. just the struggles, the positives, you know, that sort of thing. And then when I was writing down these notes here, because I really wanted to stick to my head, yeah, uh, I learned a lot on this one. So, I again, I didn't have any expectations going in. Just like, all right, let's check it out. Let's see what it really is going to be in depth about. I figured it was going to be about his life. What did you think about the relationship with... Uh, his father, him and his father. Um, I know in some of his songs he was talking about that. Um, and it's just unfortunate that it's pretty common. Um, but I'm glad that they're working their relationship to improve it. Because hmm. obviously a lot, a lot of people have that opportunity too. My uh, uh, co-host, uh, my other host, uh, Jordan Vibrations, um, he's not doesn't have a close relationship with his father. His father was never in his life. In my experience, I don't have a father and son relationship with my dad. He's been there physically, mm. but in terms of a father figure, mm. I didn't have that father son relationship aspect. In my perspective, I didn't get, I didn't get that. So the emotional aspect of it, you're talking about is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. The emotional and just the figure there as yeah, a father. father. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because there's a difference between you're a dad and a, and a father. Like, I feel like a father is somebody that actually wants to be there and wants to give you that give you knowledge and wants to see you succeed and grow. And a dad is just someone who was there at the time of your conception. Um, <laughs> and I, I really think that, that that speaks volumes to people because it's very common. So a lot of people can relate to it. Why do we idolize people? Because we relate to them usually. That's why we that's why we like to be around the certain people. It's like, oh, they know exactly what I go through. So I don't need to express my feelings to someone who doesn't understand where I'm coming from. So we like to be relatable to people. So, um, you know, with Logic being the person that he is and having the struggles, they're going to, you know, gather towards him. He'd mm. be more popular in that. because Let's let's look at his relationships. Because uh, another thing that I kind of, I feel like we, we kind of fast forward ahead a little bit is um, just his relationships in general with other people. Like, I thought, that, to me, I found that very interesting as well. Just, mm. especially if, we, if you think about, like, let's say the 90s of hip-hop, like DMX, uh, Jay-Z, Dipset, all of... It was usually large groups, uh, G Unit. Even though you know there was like what four main people in G Unit, but it was it, it was a unit. Like Wu Tang Clan, Wu Tang Clan. Even before that, um, just it was always like it was always a posse, and like we saw the the devastation and the downfall of those posses of of having that many people around you, how that can have an effect on your career as well as you personally. His circle's really tight. It's really very small. And it seems like it stayed that way um, since the time that they began, like his day ones, as, as people say, no new friends is Drake. But uh, <laughs> they stayed in that circle. Um, he has six, his producer, 
uh, Big Lembo that he met um, early, and then uh, of course his wife and his manager. Like all of those people were there in the early before the you know he blew up with Rap Pack or the, before Rap Pack kind of even really existed, and they're still there. I just thought that was very interesting because, like I said, with other people, it's a lot. It's either a big group of people, and then they tend to lose a lot of people along the way as they make it to their journey. Yeah. Or they have literally they're just by themselves, and then they start to garner people as they go up the way. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, and the relationships that they had, like him, his relationship with Six, his producer, um, it it did feel like a family. Um, I just thought, to me, that was that was that was a very interesting dynamic. Um, that I don't feel like you typically see um, with a lot of artists and their producers. They're close, but they don't. I, I just don't. I, just, I, I can't think of any other dynamic that's like that. Uh, maybe with the exception of Jay Z and Guru. That's that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good topic to focus on. Um, he looks like he does build relationships pretty well, and I think that's also because he's authentic. He probably, obviously, outside of the documentary. Mm -hmm. He probably had to do a lot more to obviously earn the trust because that's what everybody needs to do nowadays, <laughs> especially nowadays. You got to, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent, obviously. So that was that's a great key thing to focus on is the relationships between them because obviously I've, I live by this quote. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you go with the team. Mm. Yeah. So now th that that sparks a question that I wanted to ask. How do you go about building that team? Because and the reason why I say that is because another thing that I the, and the reason why I wanted to focus on that part of building the relationship is one thing that he said in it was that and actually he didn't even say it Big Limbo said it and it was very key to me was when Big Limbo sat down and he was saying basically like he's like I didn't see basically he was saying I didn't see the vision I didn't see the vision that Logic saw I didn't see but all I knew was I trusted him and I trusted that he's working hard to get there. And I'm going to do what I can do to help him get there. I think that's I think that's rare and hard to find in people. Um, and so I think that he's lucky in that regard. And so my question to you is be like, how would you what would your advice to be somebody who's trying to build a team similar to how Logic did and how, how you have your team with Jordan? First, I would recommend reading a lot of leadership books. That is what taught me to be a better leader. Obviously, from my experience, yes, but the books primarily taught me. The education is really key. Relationships are number one. It's all about you taking, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Everything is built on relationships. And especially nowadays, it's who you know, obviously. So I would tell somebody, if they haven't already, go find some leadership books. I can recommend you um, some. Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Uh, the... There's many different ones from John C. Maxwell. I mean, he's one of the best leadership gurus in the entire planet. So I would recommend him. Just anything of his is, is pretty ideal. Or just go out and try to find some leadership books. 28, 21 Laws of Power, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Read success principles and books. That's number one. Get the knowledge. And then number two is apply it. Follow, those, um, follow those, step, those steps in the books and apply it to your life. Third is just be genuine. Just be yourself. People like authenticity, so just be yourself and just take care of relationships because they're really going to be really helpful for you down the road. That's what I would tell somebody. It just, just those are like the core, in my opinion. Those are like the, the the core main ingredients to building a strong team. And also, 
there are no bad teams. There are bad leaders. If you're if you're a, if you have a pretty bad team, it's most likely there's a disconnect somewhere between you and the the personnel that you're mentoring. So there needs to be a relationship built there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things in uh, extreme leadership I found is because um, obviously military, you need to have good communication, right? Obviously, or you'll lose your damn life. So what? Like there will be if there's a gap between the general and then the captain, and then all of a sudden it goes to the front lines. If that message gets screwed, the front lines doesn't know what they're doing. Everything's gonna falter because they're the first ones in the battle, right? It's the front line. Mm-hmm. So again, everything should just be like concise, clear, and the same mission, and that's how you would succeed. Now I know you said that. Um, uh, what's the what's his um his uh, logic's uh, friend that didn't see oh, the vision? What's the name? Big Lembo. Big Lembo, yes. But you just said it yourself. He didn't see it, but he trusted him. That feeling of the trust is like, dang, he really feels like he'd do it. Well, then I'll help him out any way he can. And then, boom, look where they're at now. I, I do agree with you that you know leadership is important. But I, I think in this specific situation, I think what allow his, allows his team to work is they do have a good leader in logic who has a clear vision. I think that's very important. You have to have a clear vision of where you want to go and how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. One. So they have logic in that leader. The other thing, too, is that the team is not made up of the same type. Bing Lembo, yeah, he's an artist, but he's not fighting to get the shine over logic. That's, that's a very key thing to focus on. Chris is the manager. He's not trying to fight the shine of logic either. He understands his place. His, so... And, and when I say he understands his place, it sounds demeaning, but that's not... It's his, knowing your it, role. Knowing your role. Knowing your team. role. Everybody can't be LeBron James. Everybody can't be Michael Jordan. Everybody can't be Kobe Bryant. You can't have five Steph Currys on the team. Do you, you will lose. Do you remember? In no the, matter how good he is, like <laughs> you will lose. You have to have you have to have role players on your team. You have to have stars. You have to have a ancillary player. You have to, and it all has to combine together. I think that that chemistry and that combination. I think that's the hardest thing to find. And I think Logic is very lucky that he has a team that under all everybody understands their role, and then everybody understands that at the end of the day, the Popovich <laughs> uh, mentality of basically, you know, or Bill Belichick, do your job. You do your job. He does his job. Tom Brady does his job. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll at least be in Super Bowls. That's I think that to me, I think that's that's what I took from it is is a key of, and to a certain extent. Logic's lucky that he found people that understand that. I agree. I think he's I think very it's a combination for- of, of those two. I, I agree. It's, I think he's very fortunate to find those people. But then again, you were destined to meet them. Mm-hmm. Another thing is like the, the prime example when you were going on, you can't say not, um, you, when you were saying not everyone's Kobe Bryant, not everyone's LeBron James or MJ. Think about those Dallas Mavericks in 2011. It was Dirk and just role players. Yeah. Role Jason players. Taylor. But they understood <laughs> their roles, like you were saying. A little bit, a few minutes ago, they know their roles. You said that Chris, the manager, doesn't doesn't uh, step over logic, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows their roles. It it creates like this this huge system to where it can it can skyrocket into something else, go into something a lot more bigger than where it already is. And that helps with the trust issue because when you have the system like that, is is it's it's the same thing going back to basketball with the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green communicates with that defense. That's the re- that's the reason why that defense runs so smoothly. Because Draymond's telling, "Hey, I need you here. I'm about to go here. Roll this way. Oh, they send the pick. Pick left. 
block off the pick, that communication won, and then he knows if he calls it, if he says pick left, he has the trust that KD's going that he's getting that pick left. KD's going to pick up the man as that because of the pick. Uh-huh. That level of trust, and that's 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 that what that big limbo thing comes back to is. He knew that Logic was going to do his job. If he did his job, Big Lumbo did his job, Logic did his job, Chris does his job, they get there. And But it's, that, it's also that trust that I know if I do mine, they're going to do theirs. So I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about nothing else. That's, that's one of the things that John Maxwell said in his books. So it, 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 at the end, you're going to get to where you are because everybody knows their roles. But there is a certain level or at least some sort of a fragment of trust there to do, like, I trust him to do his job. Yeah. He might not see what I see, but he'll do what he does specially, or uh, speci- yeah, specialty. He'll, yeah, he'll do he'll do enough that I can, that it won't hinder the progress of the whole ship. Bingo. And so exactly. I think that's um, a big key that I think was, and again, the scenes that we're talking about are very small scenes in it, but I think they matter. And, and another scene that kind of touched on this was, that scene when Logic was, when he first came in um, to the studio, and Chris was basically saying, I want you guys to act it out. I want him to come in with it already going. And so Logic comes in basically saying, excuse me, cameraman, I'm, I, I really want to see this. And then he's like, you know, sometimes like, I have to tell them, like, hey, if I can remember this, 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 this. He's holding them accountable, basically. He's saying, you know. Oh, yeah. When that, he walked in and says, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like a businessman. Just everybody do that. You know, I'm not trying to be an asshole. but Exactly. You know, and I, I thought that, to yeah. me that was, I thought that was also very pivotal as well. Because everything you see about Logic is so happy, fun, free, all that. But at the end of the day, it is a business. Like, this shit don't just run by uh, kicks and giggles. Like, no, you got to put in work. <laughs> you got to, people got to do their job. You got to, and sometimes in business, you got to get on people. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Like he said, it's not personal, but it's a business. We got to make this money go. And I thought that I thought that was also important to show that there is another side. You're fucking up here. Why are you fuck, like? And, and I, I like the way that he talked about how he approaches it. It's like mm-hmm. not only I'm I'm gonna ask you, okay? Well, you fu- you fucked up here. Why did you fuck up here? Okay, so why did that happen? Okay, what what can we do so it won't happen again? Yep, that like that, is that, a that I thought that was I thought that was very important and very key. Um, um, just for other artists and other, just people in general trying to get to the point that he's at, even in their respective field, you gotta have some of that mentality with you. I definitely agree to that. Um, I like I love how he because he reminds me of me. That's what I would do. Is like, why didn't this work? It automatically goes to the person, right? And then we're like, okay, but I'm not just gonna come to you and say fix your shit. And that's it. I'm going to be like, no, okay, uh, I understand, you know, there's an issue, but why did that happen? I want to know an explanation so that way we can make the right steps to fix this issue so it doesn't happen again. Exactly. And yeah, that, uh, again, I thought that was very, um, again, pivotal scene. Um, again, it was very small, very quick, but to me, it told a lot about him as a, as a person and as a businessman. Um, and I thought showing others that that aspect of it as well is because a lot of people just think that it's about you know let me write these dope flows let me get these great production and then everything's smooth sailing no like like he said like he said i have to be on them because i'm putting my money up for this yeah his own money he's paying all out of pockets and even if it isn't about money it's about time because time is money too so it's like like just having that business mentality i think is important and again it was great for it to be highlighted in here before before we kind of wrap it up, I wanted to ask you, now that we're talking about the person itself, because usually for me, I like to separate the art 
from the person. Okay. That's just because I feel like fucked up people can make great art. <laughs> like, like it, it, it can happen. That doesn't mean that the art isn't as if if somebody kills somebody, but they and you didn't know they killed somebody, and you saw a painting that they made. You might be like, that is the greatest. You know, that's just beautiful. That doesn't take away that you thought the painting was beautiful until you found out the art. Now, now there is a time where I feel like you should combine those two is in the aspect of supporting the person, spending your money, supporting it, you know, giving them popularity around it. I think that's when you should take that person into account. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go, if you're a child molester, yeah, I'm not going to go buy your music. I don't care how good it is. Like, that's just, you know, because I'm not going to support you in that regard. Right. Whatever your dollar bill goes to, that's yeah. who you vote to win. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's when you draw the line of supporting. But going back to what I was saying about separating the artist from the art, do you feel like his art represents the person that you believe you got from this episode? or And encompassing everything else that you've experienced through logic? Yes, absolutely. His trials kind of speak for themselves and the emphasis and the passion he has for the music. I think it... Um, it's definitely a, a direct correlation to how he is and how the how the uh, the documentary displayed him. I, I definitely think so. How beneficial do you think that was that is in the rise that he's um, attained? Rephrase that one more time. So, okay, let's. I, I, I guess the best example of this would be let's take Miley Cyrus into account. When Miley Cyrus was with Juicy J on the hip hop scene and everything like that, to she me, was going through a little phase. Yeah, to okay. me, she wasn't being authentic, but she still attained a level of fame with that. By not to me, not by again, this is my opinion that she her not being authentic, she li- uh, achieved this level of fame. Mm-hmm. We're saying that Logic is being authentic, and he still attained this level of fame. Do you think that he would not have gotten there if he wasn't authentic? I that's a very good question. Shit. Um I honestly do not know. I never I never looked at it like that. Um I'm trying now I'm gonna try to like look at it this way, just look on his music alone if he wasn't like that. Um Because hmm. the reason why I bring that up is because there was another scene in there when um I, I can't think of I can't remember the name the guy's name, but he's from Rap Caviar and he was saying when he heard the one eight hundred song he was like, oh, this is going to get you on Ellen. So p- there are people that go into the booth knowing that if I write certain hooks or I write a certain uh, structure to a plan or I write about a certain subject matter, uh, a.k.a. Macklemore winning the Grammy for um, uh, about uh, the uh, gay marriage and love. Like some people said that he did that purposely to ride the wave of that to push and propel his career. That 1-800 song, some can say, could be used in that same extent. So, but if you don't authentically care about it, then, again, you're just, you're, you're riding the wave. And it's just, I just, it's kind of being a culture vulture, in essence. You're using something, you're taking something from somebody because you know it will be beneficial for you. Uh-huh. I, 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 see, I see your point. I'm not, I, I don't think, lo- I don't think logic was in this case, but, and the, the reason why I say it because I, I don't think he would have achieved this level of stardom if he wasn't authentic. I think people would have saw through it if 1-800 wasn't authentic. I think um, and that he didn't carry it through. And I think that would have hurt his career. So that's why, and I think the reason why people gravitate, the, the reason why we saw that scene in that uh, episode with the guy crying 
um, being so emotional. The the way that that woman was talking about the one eight hundred song, I think the reason why they are as connected to it is because he's as connected to it, mm-hmm. and um, I think that will allow his career to have longevity. Is again that authenticity will give you that longevity. Where, like I said, going back to the Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus, yeah, she's still famous, she's still popular, but she did take a hit mm-hmm. when people thought and assumed and and put it out there that she was a culture vulture. So I'm saying, like, I just think that authenticity, authenticity plays a role in in it. And I just think that that's what helped him, him raise... Because the Rat Pack, like, again, I didn't gather too much from this episode about Logic. It's more about the people around him that I learned more about through this documentary. But the Rat Pack fans have grown with him, and I think they'll feel the same way. Like, they're not going to gather much about it, but they're still going to ride with him because they've grown with him. Um, and I think that's hard to find and hard to do. There's a very few artists that have that ability to do that. And we'll see if he can maintain that. Because it's hard to grow with your fans because, again, you're changing. What's to say that they're going to change in the same exact way that you are? It's just like a relationship with two people. Two people get married, let's say at 20, you're not going to be the same person you were at 40. Right. You're not going to be the same person you were at 60. And hopefully that person that you got married to they're growing in that same direction as you. So I just I just think it's interesting in a, uh, an interesting idea and concept of him being so authentic versus, and then again, I'm just pitbull, I'm just talking shit, but uh, <laughs> is that, because it, it's just leading me to different friends of ideas is that there's artists like Frank Ocean that don't let you get too close. You know what I'm saying? So uh, you I don't, you, like, you, shit, you barely, you barely see Frank Ocean. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You you only see him when he's dropping music. And so, like, keeping that distance, Prince did the same thing. Like, keeping that distance, I just it just it's just so many ways you can you can get to the to those those pinnacles. And it just to me, it just is so amazing that again, like you like I said, he can be so authentic and so out there and so personal and let people in and basically know everything about him. And then you have other artists that you don't know shit about them, but you still love them the same. I think it's just uh, it's just crazy how the how the world works like that how we, those dynamics and and obviously the artist's choice to go out there and put themselves out there too yeah. to be to have the author authorized like clearance to expose themselves like that to the public and I guess actually that's a perfect way to kind of to wrap this up is because that kind of speaks to logics at the end when they when logic's talking about that you know he wanted to play the piano he wanted to sing and all that stuff of that he didn't think he would be able to. That he never thought he would be able to do that stuff. And now he's at a point where he has the freedom and the luxury to do that and explore those things and, and not be afraid and take those risks and and <laughs> and, be, and just be out there like that. Um, so I think that is important of growth and change. And um, we'll see we'll see what's next for logic. And then finally, going to the to the last last scene. scene. That scene, uh, again, spoiler alert, we have spoilers all through this, is uh, Logic really like breaking down at the end of, and you can see, again, going back to the authenticity, the genuine, it seemed genuine of like that realization. And it's rare that you capture these moments in people. Um, and it's rare that even people going through them even realize it, is that moment when you go like, damn, man, like, I'm here, like I made it, I made it, I made it where, I made it even further than I ever thought I would. And that scene when he was like, I never even, you know, I, I haven't even thought about it till now, like, 
this shit is awesome. <laughs> like, you can just see that the place he's at in his life, he's truly happy. And seeing somebody truly happy, if it doesn't make you happy, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but like it made me happy. Um, just seeing that moment and... Oh, look at that. Dara has a heart, people. Just, <laughs> just uh, it, it just gave me uh, inspiration, too. That's and, good. A lot of people don't don't take a time to reflect on where yeah. they are versus where they were. Yeah, or, or and where they want to. Because most people are always thinking about where they want to be, not yeah. where they are or where they were, like you said. And, you know, it is good to take that time to reflect and just, like, really appreciate what you have done. That was a, a pivotal scene. What about you? What did, how, what did those, uh, that scene evoke for you? The last scene when he, when he like broke down? Yeah. It felt like I was him and I made it to where I wanted to go. I, I basically put myself, my perspective, how I'm like looking at the world into where he is and imagine myself being interviewed and that uh, I, am a no I am nominated for a 2018 Grammy yeah. after just making a song that's, that is controversial and is overlooked at because suicide is huge huge mm -hmm. in the country and all around the world mm -hmm. and so it's such a a very touchy issue that when he wrote about it he goes holy fuck like i'm actually nominated for this and i and i talked about a, a touchy subject so i put myself in his shoes and i was like thinking in my own way like what did he feel felt when he found out found out about that and where i was so someone interviewed me be like you're, you're one of the top three podcasts in the entire world and i'm like wow we fucking made it, Jordan. We fucking made it, brother. Wow. So, like, I would probably do the same thing, honestly. I'm a very, I wear emotions on my sleeve. I'm very out there and passionate, so I know I probably would too. And just show people, like, it's okay to just be happy and just be joyous in life, man. You got one, you got one shot in this body. You might as well make, make it worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? But I really, I really loved it. It was such a fantastic scene, and I think that opened up a little bit more of, like, his sensitive side to people and it's like this guy's really authentic and humane he's no different than me he have different experiences than myself but that doesn't mean i should put limits on myself just because he made it you know again he's half white right so he's like oh you know you, you white privilege and he goes like what the fuck is that shit like seriously no it's not it's not white privilege i just i grew up this way and i'm just telling you so i really think that that all that that entire scene was like a great ending for that episode and I'm curious to see what the others hold up. I definitely agree with you about that. Uh, that was very um, every man or everyday man is kind of the thing that I felt for this episode is they were trying to definitely show that logic is like an everyday guy. Like, you know, he's he's a guy you can relate to, a guy you do know uh, that he's not necessarily not saying that he's not, he's not nothing special. But like you said, he's just like me. If he can make it, I can make it. Actually, one of the lines that I guess that stood out at that scene too as well is that he's like, I don't want the 1-800. That's, that's just a stepping stone. I don't want that to define me. Like, it's a great song. It's important. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to keep on pushing. That, that idea that I was talking about of not being complacent, he's still, even at that point of reflection, still making it known that I'm not complacent because I, I still want to do better. I still want to make great work. One of the one of the quotes I heard from uh, I believe is John C. Maxwell. He did mention this. I don't know if he came up or coined the quote. Don't focus on yesterday's success, and he's not. That is why, in my opinion, he's going to get extremely far. Yeah, he won an award for that. He's like, yeah, that's dope. Okay, on the next thing, what we got to do, and that is what separates the goods from the elites, yeah. in my opinion.
And then uh, that statement that you made as well um, reminded me of the podcast that actually we did on Friday with Jasmine Fenelator Victorian. Oh, is that the uh, the Olympian, right? Oh, yeah. She said something to the. and I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was like 0.0001% of the people in the world. That's the percentage of the shot you have of making the Winter Olympics. Whoa, it's that small? Yeah, it's, it's that, that small. Because there's that many people and they have them every four years and there's only so many. I mean, it makes sense, that, it, but it's like it's a small ass number. But somebody did it. She did it. Logic came from a horrible uh, environment. And he made it like just that idea. You can do it, and I feel like that is something that it, it can't go overstated. It can be done. You can do it. That's another thing that I felt like that was captured as a result of this. Is that at the end of the day, man, just go for that shit. Just go for it. Go for it. Reach for the stars, baby. Reach for the stars. Reach for the sky. Toy Story. Oh, <laughs> matter of fact, quick fact. Do you know how he came up? How he got in the name Logic? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, uh, with uh, the psychological. Yeah, but yeah, go ahead, go into it. Yeah. So for the people that don't know how he came up with the name, because I'm very fascinated how people come up with their names. Um, well, technically, he began in 2009. His buddy Solomon said to look up a word in the dictionary that best described Logic himself. Uh, he came across psychological, and then his friend Lembo uh, called him Logic for short. Because it was just too long. Like, hey, uh, hey, psychological is about to be on this. Oh, that's just my phone. So obviously it was too long to say. They didn't think it was catchy. So they just used logical. And I guess they took the logic out of psychological. And they went, well, they ran with it. And here he is. The, the name works perfect. And it's just crazy how things work out like that. Um, I think actually, I'll say the craziest name combination. Or the, the craziest name story that I heard was Childish Gambino's. Of him putting his name in a Wu-Tang uh, name uh, name generator name generator oh, and that's shit. how he came up with Chargers Gambino. Um, so, but again, just to wrap this up, first I want to, again I want to say thank you, man, for coming on. If you haven't checked out Vibrations podcast, go check that out. And man, we're gonna be doing some more. We have uh, seven more episodes of the Rapture coming up. Uh, the next one will be Davies or Nas and Davies, uh, excuse me. So you know, Nas is my favorite rapper. He's uh, one of mine too. So I, I'm definitely excited about this one, and I, I know this is going to have a definitely a definite different feel than the first one, um, but hopefully just as good. And uh, so again, thank you everybody for listening to another Stay Woke podcast. This is D Ray Brinson, and you know our motto: live, listen to some great music, and I guess for this one we'll say watch some great TV shows like Rapture. <laughs> yes, please check that out, guys. And uh, and at the end of the day, above all, love more. That's yeah. right. Um, and quick little thing to find out to find vibrations. You can find us on Facebook or and Instagram at Vibrations Podcast with a Z, YouTube and SoundCloud Vibrations with a Z Podcast, and also on iTunes in case you guys want to check out our content. And all of that will be in the description, so you can just click the links uh, in Even the description better. to head over there. And yeah, we out. <laughs>